Purposely. Your life, God's purpose. Listen at onpurposely.com. Welcome to Purposely Equipped. We want to help you go deeper in your faith by learning truth from the Bible. Our new series, What Does It Mean to Be a Good Neighbor?, will help you discover what the Bible has to say about how we treat and love those around us. This is a practical podcast where we'll learn together what God desires of us. For this series, we are joined by Pastor Jesse Bradley of Grace Community Church in Auburn, Washington. Welcome to the Purposely Equipped Podcast. We're talking about loving your neighbors, and we're growing and learning together in this conversation. We've been first covering what is the definition of a neighbor, and what has God called us to do as neighbors? Mm -hmm. Looking at different scriptures like the Good Samaritan, and also Jesus came, not to be served, but to serve. Even to his final breaths, right there next to a thief, he still Bring in the love, bring in the grace, bring in the forgiveness, and take an initiative. So we're going to focus now on the question, what does faithfulness to God look like? I would say in this series so far, we've been discovering that the more we love our neighbors, the more we become like Jesus. And we are growing as we're serving other people, as we're building relationships. We are learning and we're relying on God. But what does it look like? I mean, how do you know if you're in a spot, the words, the attitudes, the actions, you're actually being a good neighbor. You're actually loving people like you love yourself. And we're going to unpack that. I have with me Wayne, who's our outreach pastor, and Wayne's love for people, uh, something that's so evident. And Wayne is someone who's intentional in building relationships, caring for people. I would say when you're around someone who loves their neighbors, you really feel loved. You feel valuable. You feel special. And I think that's something Wayne does. Uh, it just flows out of you, Wayne. Wayne, yeah. I know it's not just something you do as your role as outreach pastor, but it's in your own neighborhood. And I think I'm just going to start there. <laughs> like we say, where you live, work, learn, or play. Yeah. Uh, 24-7 relationship with God. We're his ambassadors. And sometimes in our neighborhoods, there's opportunities opportunities that aren't convenient. We didn't see them coming, but there are situations that happen where we just know, okay, if I'm going to be faithful to God here, I'm not going to ignore it. I'm not going to pretend like it's not happening. Like God's leading me to do something. So just start with that story, you know, that you'd shared recently. And what does it look like in your own neighborhood to be faithful to God? Man, I mean, and, and even in that, you know, unpacking that a little bit, you know, being faithful to God is, you know, you're talking about consistency you know um, it's not a part-time thing you know being faithful you're you're committed to it you know it, it's funny um when you look at, at faithfulness you know anybody can say i'm faithful anybody can say i'm loyal you can say you're all those things but the reality of it is is you're only those things in theory until you're tested mm. you know like, like I, I love you in theory until you know you don't put the dishes away right. <laughs> you know you know I, I i'm loyal you know to you until you know you scratch my car you know and when you borrowed it and so there's there's so many things and so understanding tests and paul talks about you know um you know contending for the faith so faith is something you have to fight for you know to uh to be consistent and and so me and my faithful self right we're <laughs> these neighbors um you know, I, I thank God for them. You know, uh, me and my wife, um, you know, you have to be very intentional about um, relationship and, and loving your neighbors. You know, um, God, it, it's, it's mentioned in the word eight times. Right. And God repeated himself, <laughs> you know, so for him to repeat himself and eight times, but then to back it up with a command, you know, to, to love your neighbor. I mean, that's a pretty powerful thing. That means that 
there's there's a benefit, you know, from what it is that he's asking us to do for him to command it, you know, from us. There has to be a benefit for us because it, it's all working for our good. Right. You know, late one morning, you know, um, I say one morning, it was night into morning. <laughs> you know, I, I'm at home and, you know, sleep and and everything. And, and I'm waking up to hearing the crashing of things being thrown out of door. And I live in an apartment complex You know, I'm on the third floor. And, you know, these neighbors in particular, they're you know, on the bottom floor. And I'm not going to say where they're at in any direction because I don't want anybody to go be like, oh, this is where he stays. This is where these people stay at that did this, you know. Um, But what I will say is, you know, they stay on the bottom floor. So it was a pretty good distance away for me to be able to hear the activity that was going on outside. And I hear things being thrown. I'm hearing crashing of things outside and they weren't small items. (laughs) You know, there were some pretty big things being thrown by a pretty small woman. So there was a lot of anger going on, you know, in, in those moments. And um, I thank God for opportunities before this day, right, to kind of backtrack a little bit because we built a relationship with this couple. And because we built a relationship with them, whether it was, you know, after church, bringing them by food, you know, they have um, some young babies. And so, you know, you can you can tell when people are kind of struggling and dealing with some things at times. And so, you know, they were struggling a little bit. So we had a relationship with them. So I had um, access Right. Because you don't want to just run up to anybody just just because you don't know what situation is going on. You know, it's it's dangerous in the world today. But um, I had access. And so I went down the stairs and she was getting ready to throw this PlayStation five out, you know, and and me being a gamer, as we talked about this before, you know, you kind of know the story. But it's like you don't throw a PlayStation five out, you know, that's, that's a lot of money and there's just so much worth in that. And I'm a gamer and that just kind of hurts my heart, you know. So (laughs) so so before she got an opportunity to do that, you know, I was able to, you know, speak with her and kind of calm her down. And then, um, you know, to not make this story long, because we all know I can, I can be very long winded, right? Well, I, I will say that, you know, I was able to wake my wife up and we're just talking about about two in the morning, mm-hmm. you know, three in the morning, waking my wife up who loves every bit of her sleep and believes that it is sent directly from God and she needs <laughs> every bit of it, you know? And so with that, you know, she was able to wake up and we went over and we talked to that couple and they were struggling, you know, with just trying to meet eye to eye and just trying to understand, you know, um, how are you not thinking like me? Right. Mm-hmm. Cause of course we want mind readers and as couples, you know, he's like, you should know what I think and you should, and, 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 and we should know what you think. Like nobody's a mind reader, but we want that. And so, um, one, one thing we know about a relationship as being two married men, right. It's like, you know, you know, c- communication is cool, but comprehension is even more important, mm. you know, cause we can communicate all day long without comprehension. It, it doesn't fit. And so yeah. in helping them, we had an opportunity to sit down and calm the situation down, you know, praying first, which was really cool because praying with them was a little bit different as the, the, the woman in the household, she grew up in the church, but she became like a median and a tour car reader and all these things. And so, you know, having a moment to re-interject God into that household mm-hmm. was pretty cool because they both received that prayer and now they want to come to church and we kind of talked awesome. about that. And uh, But we diffused that situation. God diffused that through us. And at about four in the morning, you know, we conclude that and now they check in, you know, um, letting us know how they're doing, um, where their relationship is at. Yes, do, are they still struggling? Yes, but now they feel like they can come and talk and speak with us and even wanting to, um, you know, dig into the word. And so those are the great things that come out of that. And loving your neighbor 
labor. Is that easy? No. But what relationship is? There you go. You know, when you think about it, there's no relationship that is just a cakewalk. We're talking about from bosses to pastors, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, to 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 worship leaders, to choir direct, whatever it is, right? Like all relationships, they have a season in which you kind of face opposition in some way, shape, or form. And so loving is not easy. But like I said at the beginning, it's just a theory until it's tested. So will you pass the test? Right. Right. Thanks for being real. Yeah. Because like you said, we all want to say, yeah, I'll be faithful to God. But the 4 a.m. test that you share, because we all see that in our neighborhoods where someone isn't getting along. It becomes evident. There's tension. What do you do as the peacemaker? And it doesn't mean that you're better than anyone because all of us are working on our marriages. All of us have conflict. And if we were in that situation, we'd want someone else to enter in. But because you're abiding with Jesus, you bring this non-anxious presence and you're able to come alongside. I love what you said that you had earned some access and some trust. And it just didn't start that day, but you had been building a relationship. And when you have that, you're able to then say some things or even pray. And you know, sometimes it's when people are at their lowest points that they're most ready to receive love or prayer or turn to God. And there might be physical needs or relationship needs that aren't being met. And that can become an opportunity for them and you did that. You took a risk. And I like to say, you know, be faithful to God and trust God with the results. Take the initiative yeah. and trust God with the results. You didn't know That's how they'd good. respond. They could have, you know, <laughs> hit you over the head with the PlayStation. They could have right? said, get out of my house. Yeah. But, you know, you risked the prayer. You trusted yeah. God with the results. And look at their hearts. They were ready to respond. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one scripture I'm thinking of is in John chapter 3, where Nicodemus, who's religious, but he doesn't know Jesus. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's some people here listening right now. You're religious, but you don't know Jesus. Yeah. It hasn't started the relationship. You don't understand grace and that it's an undeserved gift. You can't earn this. More than half of America thinks you earn it. <laughs> so now we're, we're getting to the gospel. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Nicodemus was curious and Jesus provided a safe place where it was at night, but he came to Jesus. Why? Because he saw something in Jesus. He heard something in Jesus. Jesus yeah. loved his neighbor differently than the others in a religious circle. And Nicodemus came to him and Jesus said, you know, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son, whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Yeah. And religion won't satisfy, rules won't satisfy, Come on. but Jesus is going to give him living water and Nicodemus has a chance. And it's that relationship that was yeah. built out in, in someone that's safe. So when you think of being faithful to God in what God's called you to do in terms of loving your neighbors, yeah. you, you shared that um, example, you know, just from your own neighborhood. Uh, what else comes to mind in terms of your life and how you know when it's going well or it's not going well in terms oh. of loving your neighbors? Uh, how is that evident? Man, you know, for me, it's evident in, I always go back to love, right? And that God love, not that worldly love that I love you today because, you know, you, you bought me some food or, right. you know, you got me some new shoes or, you know, for my kids, like, you know, you let me, you let me be on social media today. You know, it's yeah. not that it's, uh, you know, the unconditional love. And what happens within that love is you have this moment where I don't know about you. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm 40 years old. So, you know, you, you're a little That's bit good. more seasoned than me. Right. So. <clears throat> But in my 40 years of living, I've never heard anybody say, hey, bro, if you don't stop loving me like that, me and you're going to have a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, I've never heard them say, hey, mm-hmm. if you don't stop loving me like that, you know what? I'm going to hit you in the mouth. Like, 
I've never heard that in all my 40 years. So what I've learned that if I'm loving somebody right, yeah. the godly love, the unconditional love, that yep. agape love, yep. that is a great barometer for me to know whether or not I'm doing my job with the neighbor. Mm. Because God's love stretches far and wide. And if I am the the hands and feet, right? I'm supposed to be the hands and feet of him. I'm supposed to go out to the highways and the hedges. So that doesn't mean, right, we're just sitting in our comfortable church building and we're just having church and we're, you know, doing it and clapping and we're here, but we're not spreading that out. Yeah. Then are, are you are you really being a good neighbor in any way, shape, or form? Are mm-hmm. you spreading that love? Because people think a neighbor is just the person that lives next door to you. To me, and I'll say this to me because I'm not saying this is in the Bible, but to me, I feel like a neighbor is anybody that doesn't have access to Jesus, that may need some access to Jesus, that maybe I can inform of some Jesus so that, you know what, now now we are neighbors. We're, we're kind of blood related neighbors, you know what I'm saying? Because, yeah. you know, we're, we're, we're both, you know what I'm saying, tied to the same Jesus that died for me too, mm-hmm. right? And so it's cre- you create neighbors, mm-hmm. you know? So by going out and doing what God tells us to do in the Bible, go out to the highways and the hedges and talk to these people. So I got neighbors that are right here in Washington state i got neighbors that are in california i got neighbors that are in arizona but the only way that i know i'm being a good steward of that yeah is if i'm lining up my life right because it talks about it you know first uh, john 3 and 18 it talks about you know not loving just with your tongue but with your actions what i do action wise is going to speak way louder than what I can ever say with my mouth. That's good. Because we are great talkers. Yes. On many different levels. And yeah. I know COVID, you know, made people some, some, you know, cyber warriors and keyboard warriors and everything else. We can say a lot of things where we're not face to face. But even in all the saying, our actions speak so much louder than words. That's good. That's yeah. good. Your actions speak so loud. I can't hear what you're saying, <laughs> you know. And, and yeah. it's true that love requires action. And again, go back to Jesus and how he loved mm. people like Zacchaeus, a tax collector. Everyone despised him. Yeah. Jesus saw him, right, valued him, and then Zacchaeus invited him over to his house. And you know Jesus, yeah. he probably, people threw shade at him for that because he's over at the house of a tax collector. Yeah. But Zacchaeus is going to turn to Jesus, like you say, seeing who needs the Lord and then building that bond together. leading him to God. And in the end, uh, I would say this, as you look through, as Jesus loves different people, it's going to be messy. There's going to be denial. There's going to be disappointment. There's going to be misunderstandings. And some people are going to hate you for you going out and loving people that they don't love, for you forgiving when they won't forgive. And we're not trying to paint a picture at all here. And and we're on the same page where (laughs) it's messy. It's a conflict at 4 a.m. It's This is what it looks like to be faithful to God, is to take that initiative in love, and trust God with the results at whatever cost too. Yeah, 100%. Wayne, anything else you want to add to encourage people to be faithful to God in their journey of loving their neighbors? Nah, just when it's all said and done, I guess I said nah and then I started talking, right? Um, when it's all said and done, just be consistent with what you're doing when it comes to Christ. Being consistent is the key literally i'll say consistency commitment and communication is what me and my wife we tell these couples that we deal with and stuff like that and this was one of them but you know um and then we add comprehension on the end we used to be the three c's now it's four okay but commitment consistency communication and comprehension it will take you so far but all of that coupled with god 
God is the center of it all. Yeah. So if you don't know him, if you're listening and you don't know him, yeah. find a place in a home that's teaching some good word mm-hmm. where you can get to know him because it will change your life. That's it. Yeah. That's at the heart of this neighbor yeah. is knowing God, his love. And check out for going deeper, John chapter three, Jesus and Nicodemus. And look at how Jesus brings truth and love. And that's being faithful to God, full of truth and full of love. You can't be full of love and water down truth. (laughs) And you can't just be truthful and right, but then you don't have love. So if we're going to be faithful to God, full of truth, full of love, and you've got to trust God with the results, it's worth the cost take the risks. And uh, that's how we love our neighbors. We have two more episodes in this series. And our next question is, how can you get started with outreach? Let's say this is new. Let's say you want to take a next step. You have no idea where to start or it's scary. We're going to get real practical. We're going to break it down. How do you get started? Let's do that together. Thanks for joining us on this podcast. We're growing together in our faith with Jesus. Special thanks again to our hosts from Grace Community Church in Auburn for their help with this series. And thank you for downloading What Does It Mean to Be a Good Neighbor, a purposely equipped series. Let's keep growing in our faith together. Purposely Equipped is part of Purposely, a podcast network with practical podcasts to help you find and live in God's purpose for your life. Find more podcasts and faith resources at onpurposely.com. for listening. We just wanted to take a minute to let you know that just like you and your family, Purposely is also part of a family, the Krista Family of Ministries. Krista helps kids and teens learn and grow in their faith at King Schools and Miracle Ranch Camp. And Krista shares Jesus with people in the poorest, most remote places through world concern. Krista Senior Living is a community of love and care, and Krista Media is a place of hope on the radio. God is changing lives through these five ministries, and Krista is on mission to share the good news of Jesus. To learn more, visit Krista.org.